Today, I talk one-on-one -on -one with Governor Ron DeSantis as the State Department confirms the number of Americans dead in Israel so far. More infighting in Congress as the battle for Speaker of the House intensifies. And, you know, for a guy who says he never discussed business dealings with his family, Joe Biden sure did exchange a lot of emails about them as VP. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and today there is obviously no shortage of things to talk about, uh, much of it not good. And I want to get right into it by welcoming Florida Governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis to the program. Governor, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I wish we were talking at a happier time, but the State Department confirmed today, I'm sure as you know, that at least 22 Americans were killed by Hamas in the attack on Israel over the weekend. They said 17 Americans unaccounted for. Obviously, Israel is our ally and America should stand with Israel. But being that now we know Americans are both dead and hostages in this war, what would a President DeSantis's next move be and how involved in this war should America get at a time when we're already stretched like so thin with all of our involvement in Ukraine's war? Well, first of all, I mean, I think we just have to say 22 Americans dead. If uh, you compare that to America, uh, terrorist attacks throughout American history, uh, clearly we've had more, but that would probably be one of the top 10 or 15 terrorist attacks if that had happened on our soil. That's a huge number yeah. of Americans to lose. Uh, and so that's a big blow for our country. Israel, uh, I was saying on Saturday that this was uh, potentially their 9-11. I think if you, as we've seen what's happened, this is orders of magnitudes of a 9-11 considering how small of their population is. Just a devastating blow. Our role clearly with Americans at risk if they're being held hostage, commander in chief has to do what he can to rescue those people. I would imagine that we would have personnel there working with the IDF to recover as many Americans as possible. Uh, we will be supportive uh, of Israel. Uh, if I were president, we of course would support them. They though fight their own wars. I don't think it's something that they would ask us to come in and do for them. They know what they have to do. They have to uproot Hamas, dismantle their terrorist infrastructure, and destroy them once and for all. So we'll be standing with Israel saying, you not only have a right to defend yourself, you have a duty to defend yourself, and you have a responsibility to do it to the hilt so we don't continue this cycle. Because they've gone in and dealt with Hamas and with Hezbollah in the past, and what happens is people start to hold Israel accountable. They blame Israel. They say, it's your fault. And then they back off because they're an international target. Mm -hmm. So they don't go all the way. Now I think this is so barbaric. There's so much loss of life that they can't be deterred by those voices, uh, which will happen. Uh, and then finally, I would say we got to know how did this happen? This would not have happened without the patronage of the mullahs in Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, Hamas and Hezbollah are basically proxies for Iran, the funding and the direction Biden gave funding by loosening sanctions. They've had massive amounts of oil revenue pouring into their coffers. He did do the $6 billion, which they, it's true, they haven't spent yet, but which freed up other money. So I would take the $6 billion back. Uh, I would turn the screws on them financially so that they're not able to export terrorism 
around the world the way they have done under this administration. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of terrorism, the last two and a half years, as I know you're quite familiar with, our borders have been wide open. Uh, we've let God knows how many terrorists in through our borders, in addition to other criminals and just people that we obviously cannot economically uh, support. So you said over the weekend that you will actually make Mexico pay for the border wall. Now, Governor, I've heard that before, uh, and it wasn't done. So how would you do that? Well, you know, I, I started thinking about it, and I had planned on doing this, but Donald Trump was in Iowa, I think, a week and a half ago, and he addressed his promise to make Mexico pay for the wall, which obviously didn't happen. And he said, look, there was no legal mechanism for me to do it. I couldn't just ask him for money. Now, if you go, I was at those rallies in 2016. That was not what he was saying then. But there is actually a way you can do it. Yeah, Mexico's not just going to cough up billions of dollars. What you do is you impose fees on the remittances that are sent back to Mexico from the United States and other parts of the Western Hemisphere. That will yield billions of dollars where you're able to construct the border wall. And I think it's important that that gets done. What's happened to this country, and I was saying this long before Hamas's attack on Israel, there will be a terrorist attack in the United States that we're going to be able to trace back to coming across the southern border. We've had people from the Middle East, had people from Russia, China, Iran, you name it. We're having some technical difficulties there. Um, we will try to get the, the governor back on uh, when the technical difficulties have cleared. Um, obviously, what he's saying is entirely correct, and it's something that this show says all the time, which is it's only a matter of time, not because, you know, I know uh, Trump was hit so hard whenever back in 2016, he said there are rapists and murderers coming through our borders. It's not because all of them are bad. We're not saying all of them are terrorists. What we're saying is, obviously, with the numbers, the sheer mass amounts of people that are coming through every single day, there are going to be bad actors. Um, so, Governor, I believe that, that we've got you back over, over yep. here. So um, I, I want to talk about, too, um, the mass deportations that need to happen. I know it's something that I think Republican candidates have been uncomfortable, uh, will, the willing to admit that they, they just they get very uncomfortable about it. But um, we can't sustain the amount of people. So I, I know that you've said that you would deport everyone who has entered illegally uh, during the Biden regime. But I also want to ask you, too, should we should we talk about maybe making it harder for people to enter legally or at least making it uh, some qualifiers there because, you know, we have people that we see now out in the streets, these pro-terrorist rallies that they're having in all of these major cities celebrating Hamas, decimating Israel, celebrating people who want to do the same thing to us. It's like, how did, how did we let these people in? Maybe we should talk about strengthening our immigration policies rather than loosening them. What are your thoughts? Well, I think both of those things are right on target. I mean, you're right. If you, if you let people come illegally without a sanction, you're gonna to continue to have this problem. The sanction is you get deported. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna do it. We'll start with the more recent arrivals and work our way back. Uh, but it's gonna be a big program, uh, similar to what Eisenhower did in the 1950s. And I'm really the only candidate that you can trust to do it. I mean, I know Donald Trump's promising it, but he said the same thing in 2016 and didn't deliver on it. A lot of the other Republicans, as you rightfully point out, they're uncomfortable even talking about doing that, but we're never going to solve the problem unless we have the rule of law prevail. And as I'm looking at those protests and those demonstrations in these cities where these people are cheering Hamas, who has beheaded infants, 
uh, raped women, assassinated elderly people. The barbarism is the most disgusting thing I've seen. You look at ISIS, you look at Al Qaeda, I don't think they went to this depth for what Hamas is doing. So we have people that are cheering that. And my view is, is nobody has a right to come to this country. And if you don't like this country, then you should get out of this country. Mm-hmm. You should not be allowed to come here in the, in the first place uh, if you don't share the values of the United States of America. And I think we've allowed people to come in illegally who reject our values, mm-hmm. but I think we've also allowed people to come legally who reject our values. And if we don't have any, any type of common currency that ties us together as a people, uh, this country's just not going to succeed. So yes, I'd be I'd be strong on on legal immigration to make sure that we're vetting people that are coming in. And the only reason to have people come in is because it benefits the United States of right. America and our people. It's not because you have an entitlement as a foreign citizen to come in. Right. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, and you know, I you hear so often. I think it's been a, a talking point of the left mostly is where they keep saying diversity is our strength. Diversity is our strength. And I mean, you even if you just look at a local community. You cannot have a cohesive local community that is completely diverse, doesn't share the same values, doesn't share the same set of morals, um, that there's no way that that local community would cohesively survive. So it's just bizarre to me that you would have all of these lawmakers saying diversity is our strength. Let's allow all of these people in who don't share our customs, who don't share our values, uh, who don't share our morals, oftentimes from third world countries where they think it's completely okay to hack someone up when you get into a disagreement. It's just bizarre to me to keep hearing that mantra repeated when you're looking at it play out in actuality, that can't possibly be true. Well, and I mean, you look at what they've done in the past. I mean, this clearly has backfired um, in some of the communities uh, over the years. Um, We have something that's called the diversity lottery for immigration, where it's not based on merit or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just a pulling uh, uh, balls out of a machine and picking which country so that there's, quote, more diversity. I'm gonna eliminate the diversity lottery as president. That's not something that we need. But yes, you have to come. You should be coming to America because you believe in our our culture. You believe in our founding principles. Uh, And if we don't have common currency there, we're just not gonna be successful. And seeing those demonstrations seeing these students at universities like Harvard sign their names to letters praising Hamas in the light of the barbarism that we've seen, it shows this country's got a lot of problems. We need to be reevaluating the role that the federal government has in the relationship we have with some of these universities. We should not be pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into places like Harvard if they're producing students uh, that are basically aligning with Hamas terrorists. It was a total disgrace. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, Governor, you've spent a lot of time on the ground in Iowa the last several months. I think you've hit, what is it now, 74 of the 99 yeah. counties in Iowa. That's a lot of counties. Um, I believe, what is this, a quest to do the full Grassley? We are going to do the full Grassley, all 99 counties. It's a tradition in Iowa. And what I found is I'm going to these counties you know, we'll have a, a, a place that has like 2,000 people total, and we'll get a couple hundred people to show up, and probably even more than typically caucuses. And when I say I'm doing all 99, we get smiles and head nods. I think you got to go earn the vote. Uh, we've built a great infrastructure there and in the other early states. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll be the only candidate that does all 99. And I think it's something that as we get closer to the caucus uh, actually happening, 
will pay a lot of dividends. Yeah. Uh, so, Governor, you are without a doubt the most conservative governor in the country. It's not even close. But it's fascinating to me. You still get called a rhino. I hear I hear that <laughs> sometimes. And I want to know, what would you say to people who say, well, Ron DeSantis is a rhino because, I don't know, like Jeb Bush attended his inauguration? It's absurd. I mean, yeah, look, I think that there's uh, some people that uh, they, especially some of these online people, uh, you know, they're they're big Trump people, which is fine. But then anyone who is not endorsing Trump, they say that's the definition of a, of a rhino, when no, the definition of a rhino is somebody that doesn't stand up and support conservative principles and conservative policies. And so I'm somebody, I've delivered on America first policies more than any Republican in the country uh, over the last 10, 20 years. And I put my record up against anybody. And to say that I have an inauguration where every former governor is invited to, including uh, Jeb Bush, who was governor here in the past, that that somehow uh, negates everything that, that I've done is absurd. So the only way anyone could say that is if they don't follow anything that we've actually done. Uh, we fought Fauci during COVID. I didn't see a lot of uh, rhinos being willing to do that and fight to have the schools open fight against the COVID mandates. We banned the COVID vax mandates in Florida. A lot of the establishment Republicans were attacking me because they said, hey, businesses, they thought businesses should be able uh, to force someone to take a vax. I said, no, 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 it's an individual right. I don't care if it's a corporation or government, you have the right to work yeah. uh, and they can't take that away from you. Uh, of course, we helped with the transport of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. I know establishment Republicans would never have done that. We banned the purchase of land by the Chinese Communist Party, one of the only states to do that. Clearly, establishment Republicans would not support doing that. And oh, by the way, we've cut taxes, run big surpluses, and we've paid down almost 25% of our total debt. Republicans in Washington have rung up a lot of debt, hat in hand with the Democrats over the last 10 or 15 years. We know that. So we've done what's right. Oh, and then we stood up uh, against Disney to mm -hmm. fight the sexuality in the elementary schools I know Republican, established Republicans wouldn't have done that because every Republican running for president has criticized me for standing up against Disney and they've taken the side of Disney. We did the right thing as a parent of a six, five and a three year old, as a governor and as an American, I did the right thing to stand up for those kids and fight back against our state's most powerful corporation. Yeah, um, well, Governor Ron DeSantis, I appreciate you. You know, you have made Florida out Texas, Texas as the bastion <laughs> of liberty and freedom in this country. And as a Texan, that makes me mad. But I also appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Godspeed. Thanks, talk soon. All right, well, um, we want to uh, thank our sponsor before we gotta go to break. We wanna thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on their respective populations. Central bank digital currencies would allow, essentially, the government to track every purchase you make. They could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. Does that sound fun? Yeah, the government taking more control over your finances? Well, if you're concerned about that, which you should be, you, perhaps you should talk about diversifying your assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you need to talk to Birch Gold. But learn about it first, okay? See what you're getting yourself into. I'm not the financial expert, but they are. You can text the word Y to 989898. They're going to send you a free information kit on gold. And uh, the easiest way to become a Birch Gold customer, if you have an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer, it's just sitting there gathering dust. 
cost. Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text the word Y to 989898 for that free information kit on gold. That is the word Y to 989898. I want to welcome to the program my good friend Grant Stinchfield, of course, host of Stinchfield. Grant, you have too many jobs. <laughs> it feels like I have a lot of jobs. You're on everywhere. Los Angeles Radio, Morning Drive, the podcast Stinchfield, everybody follow, please. Mm-hmm. And then the Real America's Voice show, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Stinchfield tonight. I'm just grateful that you have the time to show up and, you well, know. You know, the original is right here. This is what this is what I love. This, this is the this OG. I love, I love it. It really is. I love it. Um, it brings back so many, well, I'd say the fond memories before yeah. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Um, also, I guess I'll introduce this guy. We, we have sleeveless uh, McGee. <laughs> the fans requested it. You know, I was like, I'm for the fans. I saw that, that they had been requesting sleeveless. Yeah. 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 Like, we want Jason, but only without sleeves. I um, appreciate you guys being here. So He asked me specifically to cover up my biceps so he doesn't look bad. That's oh, yes. yeah, that's behind camera, Grant. <laughs> So, um, so I'm glad that you guys are here, especially on a day where it just, the, I mean, the news is so heavy. It's so heavy. Um, and I, obviously there are things that, you know, you just can't make light because it just isn't. Um, but I, so I want to get into, I just obviously talked to Governor DeSantis. Um, we talked about what's happening in Israel, but, you know, we didn't really get into the specifics. Obviously there's been a lot of um, confusion even in Israel. There's this fog of war already where we heard reports that there was a northern large-scale attack happening on Israel's border. Then Israel said that's not happening. Um, so a lot of confusing information has come out today. Um, I want to give, I want to toss it to you guys to just kind of give your um, your thoughts on what is going on in Israel right now. And then I want to get into kind of some more specifics of it. Grant? So- I'd love to do what Ron DeSantis didn't do. I just listened to him on one of the big networks, and he didn't really give any real solution. They asked him, if you were president, what would you do with Iran? And he gave a runaround answer. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want any endless wars. I certainly don't want Ukraine. And this is very different from Ukraine. See, Hamas terrorists and Hezbollah terrorists and ISIS and al-Qaeda wish they were in the United States. Mm -hmm. And they would take your sons and daughters, and they would march them to the beaches of the Atlantic Ocean. They'll lop their freaking heads off, and they'll make you watch. Ukraine is two corrupt countries going at it that have really no effect on the United States. And under the premise that Putin is not going into Poland, I don't believe it, just as I do not believe this is going to cause World War III. I don't see China. Xi Jinping is such a public relations nightmare that he's not going to want this on his hands. This is the gutting of Jews. It's barbaric. He's not going to want that. What he wants is America caught up in a long-lasting war. So I will say this. You go in now, you go in fast, you go hard. America hits nuclear sites in Iran, fuel depots and fuel refineries in Iran, and maybe, as Mike Pompeo says, you take out leadership. All the while, special forces go in and get our American hostages back, let Israel go in and wipe Hamas out, and we'd be done with this in a few days. Not weeks, not months. Then we're not going to have to spend billions of dollars, more dollars to, to Israel. We take care of it now. I'm done with Iran. It's a bad country. Excuse my language, but I'm done with them. Oh, they're going to have a nuclear weapon three days from now, a week from now. Finish it. Every one of those nuclear sites, obliterate them. Mm. Wow. 
It's very strong, uh, well, strong language. Somebody's got to somebody's got to lead, and and not that I'm the guy to lead, but nobody's talking about this until recently. You heard Pompeo say take out leadership. Lindsey Graham, I hardly ever agree with him, but he was talking about taking out fuel depots. I say the nuclear sites. So I just think it, it, it makes, I mean, I'm listening to that and it almost makes my stomach turn because I'm just thinking like, God, we, I mean, we're already, it feels like we've given all that we can give to Ukraine already and we're still hurting from that, it feels like. So the idea that we would be getting involved in something on that, on that large of a scale. But this is days not drawn out. If you do this now, Biden's saying, oh, we're going to support, we're going to send experts to consult and advise. Guess what? That's years. Mm. Experts consulting and advising and sending material over to it. Just finish it once and for all. Finish it and, and Iran can do nothing mm. back. What's Russia going to do? They're tied up in, in Ukraine. They, they can't do anything. China's not going to do anything right now. China wants us tied up so we can go into Taiwan. Jason, you agree? Um, I will agree that, that we're probably going to be forced into something like that yeah. in the very near future. And I put all the blame first on Obama and now for, on Biden, mm -hmm. which I think— You mean Obama 2.0? Obama 2.0, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could even say 3.0 because this is his third you know, administration. Right. It, it really is. I th they have a, a, a tendency to legitimizing. I said this on Monday, to legitimize the bad guys. And when you legitimize the bad guys— Ukraine, they're, they're not good guys. Mm -hmm. They're not good guys. They're trying to convince everybody that they are, but as you pointed out, they're, they're corrupt. a corrupt nation. That's, what, mm -hmm. that's all, all they are. Mm -hmm. um, so they legitimize them. I don't know what the ramifications are over that, say, 10 years down the line, once we've armed them to the teeth and then brought them up. What will they be in 10 to 20 years? Who knows? Because they're not good people. They legitimized uh, the Iranian regime. They give them billions of dollars. It seems like we give them... Well, we gave them six billion. Then we gave what two hundred and thirty-five million to the Gaza Strip and Hamas. I mean, these are not good people. When you legitimize bad guys, people die. What we're looking at right now uh, is a very dangerous situation. So you mentioned that uh, false alarm in the north. Well, what that looked like to me was there probably was uh, Hezbollah UAVs. I'm just theorizing here. Yeah. I don't know this for sure. But there were probably Hezbollah UAVs. When UAVs go up in systems as sophisticated as what's looking over Israel right now, it'll look like a mass of red because they're trying to, the computer is trying to project where the flight pattern is on those things. So it looked like there was tons of rockets being shot up all over the place, but it was probably probing UAVs. That's just my guess. Um, that's because another front in this war is sure to kick off. So if the IDF invades the Gaza Strip, which they probably will, it's going to be a catastrophe. It's going to be absolutely a catastrophe. If you look at the satellite photos of what the Gaza Strip looks like right now, a lot of it's in rubble. What I see is about 5 million sniper positions. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what Hamas is counting on. The, the urban warfare is bloody. It's disgusting. It is catastrophic. That's what they're going into. Well, you're going to have a Hezbollah who's already said that they're going to get involved once that happens. So you're going to be having Hezbollah push down from the north, IRGC also from the north, but from the Syrian border. Uh, you just had the Hamas commander saying that they want Jordan, specifically Jordanians, to uh, rush uh, Israel on Friday. Mm -hmm. Not only there, but in the whole world. Mm -hmm. But they want them to rush. Why? Because, well, they're coming so in from what they call as the West Bank, but it's Judea, Samaria. They want them pushing in from that side. So you're almost every single side they want pushing on Israel. Yeah. Now, 
I think Iran is sitting back, and I'll stop filibustering here in a second, but I, what I think Iran is doing is going to sit back and look at this big, you know, S-burger that they've created and see how Israel deals with it. Yeah. If it's probably how it's going to go and Israel does well, then Iran gets involved. How do they get involved? What if they shut down the two straits that are the most heavily um, trafficked for oil and gas in the world, which is the Strait of Hormuz and the Bab el-Mandeb Strait, which is why they got into Yemen. It's because they want to be able to shut down that strait. What happens when they shut those down? We have to respond. I, I, I'm telling you, if I was sitting in the Oval Office, I would order exactly what I just said, and it stops everything from that happening because everybody looks at the United States and say, holy cow, they just did that to Iran? They certainly would. They, they would. Right. So you did that to Iran? They freaked out that, that Trump killing Soleimani was going to start World War III, and what happened? Everybody went quiet. Because you know, with a bully, you got to punch him in the nose. It's the only thing they understand. We're now talking we're not going to freeze this $6 billion? Why are you not freezing that instantly? They're the Biden administration covering for Iran, saying there's no indication that they were involved. There's no way they would have the amount of rockets and let was Hamas to overload the Iron Dome. There's no possible way that Iran was not involved in this. You do that, you shut their money off. And how about we put sanctions on? We tell China you buy any more oil from, from Iran? We're going to shut off some kind of trade. We'll start. We'll start back issuing uh, tariffs on your goods, like Trump did. We'll, we'll hit them economically. You cut off the oil to Iran, just like to Russia. You cut off their ability to move. Iran got rich under Joe Biden, just like Vladimir Putin got rich under Joe Biden because of the oil prices going $100 a barrel. When bad actors are rich, what do they do? They do very bad things: invade Ukraine and go into go into Israel. Did you guys see that Wall Street Journal article that said, oh yeah, there's a smoking gun, you know, that we, we they had a high-level Hamas official, high-level Hezbollah official that confirmed it, that they met in Beirut yeah. and yes. Iran gave the green light. Yes. Okay, so are you telling me the very next day, the Wall Street Journal has better intelligence assets than both the CIA <laughs> yeah. and the Mossad? Right. No. Right. The, the thing is, is that this is a leak from our intelligence or our DOD mm -hmm. that's saying, okay, look, Basically, yes, we know this. Iran, as if the rest of the world knows, Iran is behind this. But we're just putting this out there because the Biden administration is too effing gutless mm. to, to put this out there because they're chasing a legacy foreign policy thing for Obama. That's it. So I want I want to say on this subject, on the topic of um, Iran, whenever we get back, but we got to take a break really quickly. I want to thank our sponsor, um, this segment, Genyacel. So... Um, I don't know if you guys have, have tried the Dark Spot package, but they've got an incredible sale on the Dark Spot package. If you go to genucel.com slash why, you can get their Dark Spot corrector. Um, I've used it. It works great if you guys, you know, dealing with months of record heat and humidity and, you know, maybe you got some dark spots you need to get you know rid of. You know I found my first Dark Spot? Did you? On my hand. Oh, I'm getting this. No. You gotta let me get you some Genucel. I'm go okay. I'm gonna get Grant some Genucel. <laughs> okay, Grant. Grant it makes Grant you feel old. It's just the one though. I'll, yeah. It'll take care of it really quickly. I promise. Um, so this is included with every most popular package. They got sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, whatever it is. It'll also take care of dry, inflamed patches, and it will disappear right before your very eyes. I love, I swear by their immediate effects eye cream. You put it on and it does exactly what it says, immediate effects, um, but you immediately feel this like chill sensation and it just, you know, just tightens everything up, which is great for people like me who I'm actually 95, <laughs> but I, <laughs> But I use Genucel, so you wouldn't ever know it. Take advantage of the Genucel Most Popular Package, which now includes the Dark Spot Corrector plus the classic Genucel Bags and Puffiness Treatment and Immediate Effects, all at about 70% off. You can try it uh, risk-free. 
Here's the guarantee. You will see results day one or your money back if you go to GeniaCell.com slash Y. That is GeniaCell.com slash Y. talk about just how much to blame the Biden uh, regime is. I want to introduce you to the Biden administration's former special envoy to Iran. This is Rob Malley, um, who is involved in what some are calling, they say, the worst State Department scandal and uh, that he should face extensive scrutiny for his permissive stance toward the Tehran regime. Um, So what he did was, and I'm going to play a video for you guys of Rob Malley back in 2010, but he created this he created this uh, negotiating team that purposefully funneled billions of dollars to Iran through lack of sanctions enforcement and provision of sanctions relief that has given them somewhere between 50 billion and 80 billion dollars over the last two and a half years. This is according to um, an article in the New York Post. And I want to play for you Rob Malley back in 2010. This is Joe Biden's special envoy to Iran talking about how, look, you just are misunderstanding. There's a lot of misinformation out there about Hamas and Hezbollah because they're actually the good guys, I guess. Watch. Two most prominent groups, although the Sadrists in Iraq also fall in that category. It's a mistake to only think of them in terms of their uh, terrorist violence dimension. Their social political movements, probably the most rooted movements in their respective societies. Hamas, not a majority among Palestinians by any means, but very deeply rooted. It's been, uh, you know, it it was born in the first uh, Palestinian Intifada in in the 1980s. It has deep loyalty. It has, it has a charity organization, a social oh, branch. God. It's not something you can defeat militarily either, and people need to understand that. <laughs> There's so much misinformation about them. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I speak to them, my, and my colleagues speak to them. Oh, great. Now, we may disagree with them, but they have their own rationality. That's the one thing to understand. These are not they sure do. Are crazies. They may do things that we consider to, to belong to a different oh. realm of rationality, but within their own system, it's often very logical. If Hamas is not allowed to govern, if we squeeze them, and you know, you may have good reasons for doing that, but if you do that, we'll tell you what the reaction will be. Rockets. No doubt. And consolidation of Hamas's power in Gaza. Both things have happened. These are the kinds of people that Joe Biden has put in charge. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think that it's unintentional that he was the special envoy to Iran of all places. He was just giving warnings. He was basically a mouthpiece for Hamas mm-hmm. of if you try to do any of these things, mm-hmm. if you try to put us in a box, mm-hmm. we will throw rockets at you. And we're doing this within our boundaries of norms. They just brutalized and massacred an entire group of people, the worst massacre since the Holocaust for the Jews. And he's in 2010, and that's who Biden puts in. But. This is par for the course, Jason, right? I mean, this is this is who they have filled their entire administration with, yes. is people like this. It is. Who hate America. It, it, exactly right. And it's it, it, as I said, it is completely intentional. What he's describing is absolutely insane. You, you could make the same uh, argument for Pablo Escobar, um, people like that. Right. They, they give to the poor, basically, right, right. to shield them from the all the The Gambino crime family does fireworks on the 4th of July. Exactly the same. I mean, <laughs> the Muslim, he didn't mention that the Muslim Brotherhood, he goes, yeah, they, they formed, you know, during the first Intifada in 83. By who? The Muslim Brotherhood, who founded modern terrorism, mm-hmm. jihadi terrorism, the Muslim Brotherhood. It was also copied by Shiites when they stole a country called Iran. 
uh, Islamic State was not the first caliphate taken over by bloodthirsty, murdering terrorists. It was Iran. Mm-hmm. And that's who they're trying to legitimize now. Iran is just, that's what they are. They're a terrorist state taken over by terrorists. They stole an entire country. ISIS just created one. But they're the same exact thing. Yeah. That's unbelievable. He's talking about their ideology. Their ideology is literally killing Jews. Right. Right. Not only killing no. Jews, but all Jews. Right. No, no, no. It's killing anyone who does not in believe the, in yes. what they believe yes. in. Yes. They no, want to kill you. us, yes, too. Us too. Yeah. 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 Well, Amazing. I mean, it, I mean, how, like, jarring was it to hear him say, oh, I talk to them all the time. It's like, yeah. wait, what? Hamas is on your speed dial? How is it possible that these are the people who are in charge of our country? It's frightening. Okay, so speaking of that, I want to play one more clip for you here of, you know, this guy, that was back in 2010. Now, he was special envoy to Iran, but he's gone now because of the classified document scandal. Go ahead. Can I just add to that? They sure. not only need to look into him, they need to trace all the different Obama officials that were involved. Yes. In There's a ton of them. Remember yes. John Kerry, when he was not even in office anymore, meeting privately yeah. with high-level Iranian officials. Who's going to trace them? They're there by design. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. This right. is all part of the giant plot. Yes, yes. Congress will write a memo, Grant. Right, right. Well, it will be strongly worded. It will be strongly so, worded. And they, they are going to send it to the manager. <laughs> um, so I want to play Fox News reporter Hillary Vaughn, who confronted Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib in the Capitol yesterday, asking her to condemn the Hamas attacks. And she was given, I would say, plenty of opportunities to say, like, hey, yeah, murdering and decapitating babies is wrong. And she just flat out refused to do so. Watch. Like maybe you didn't hear the question, so here's another shot. Okay, that's, that's, you get the point. Yeah. She that's, goes all the way to the elevator and gets on the elevator and the door shuts. Right. She is such a coward that she refuses mm-hmm. to just say what she believes. Mm-hmm. You know what she believes? She's all for the baby's heads being locked. I off. agree. She she's really made, is. She's made that very clear. Yes. She has a Palestinian flag outside of her office and Steny Hoyer says, well, I have a Danish flag flying <laughs> at my house. Does that make any sense to anybody here? No. No, no. And I think, isn't she the one who also has um, a trans flag? Yeah, right there. Yeah, I'm, I don't think the Palestinians would agree with your support of the trans people, Rashida. Jason, final thoughts on this. Are these people just stupid? Are they dangerous? Could or, be both. I, 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 I struggle with it because be this, is, this is a clear like, opportunity for them to you know, make a strong stance. You know, like... I, I don't see any other, like, I don't, I don't, I just don't see their viewpoint, so I can't even really say she could say this, this, or that. Now, this is very, very easy mm-hmm. to stand for humanity. It's, 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 it's very easy, but when they go silent, then you'll get hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of youth that are marching in the street. They don't even know what they're marching for, right. waving Palestinian flags. Right. Did you watch what happened? Right. Are they just, are they not turning that on it, and tuning it out? I don't get it. It, it takes stupidity for the leaders of the Democratic Party, Democrat Party to prey on. So what I believe is you have groups mm-hmm. of blind liberal zombies. Mm-hmm. 
She is a soldier, that the leaders fill her mind with this is wrong. Oh, they're oppressed. It's an apartheid state, which is so false. And then she leads the crew that just follow blind liberals. I was like, you see in The Walking Dead. And they just follow their leader because that's what they think they're supposed to do. And we're fighting and standing up against oppression. But the people at the very top are the ones that are evil. Yeah. Or the ones that want to destroy America and are actively out to destroy America. And they're using stuff like this and people like her Mm -hmm. as pawns to do it. I, I would agree with that. And it's the same thing that I said during all the BLM riots. It's like, I mean, these people have no freaking clue. What no clue. No clue what they're fighting for. Yeah. They're just being amped up by the leaders at the top um, who know, by the way, that they're too stupid to understand anything. Right. Um, all right, we got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So Relief Factor, Grant, I've taken care of your age, your dark spot. Yes. Okay, are you in pain? Do you have any, do you have any back problems? I have so much pain. Shoulder yeah, problems. yeah, okay. Wrist. I got you covered. Okay. Okay, relief factor. I can't factor. wait for my Christmas. I know, I've, I've got Grant's <laughs> present covered. Can you sell relief factor? This is great. So, relief factor is there for those of you. I've taken it. Jason's taken it. Um, he was in the military, and he screwed up his knees running too much on, on pavement. And I what with relief factor, you were able to run again. A couple weeks, yeah. It Come was on, amazing. really? Seriously? Yeah. And Glenn uses it too. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, and he was in like debilitating, like uh, very debilitating pain, and it changed his life as well. So if you're living in constant pain, try Relief Factor. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory um, that actually, uh, of course, targets the real the root cause of your pain, which is most likely in often cases the inflammation that's in your body. So it's not going to be just some sort of a you know temporary measure, a band-aid, if you will. You're actually going to target the inflammation, which will eliminate your pain in most cases. And I will say about 70% of the people who order this three-week quick start for $19.95 go on to keep ordering it. That's how many people it's working for. So the odds are in your favor that it will get you out of pain, and that can be life-changing. You've got to go to relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. All right, so the House has, they're in recess for the day, so I feel pretty confident that we can talk about what has taken place. There was like some uh, behind-the-scenes, closed-door secret ballot that apparently Steve Scalise won the secret ballot, the GOP nomination for Speaker of the House. Um, But there are a lot of people who have already spoken out in the House and said, I am not, we're not doing, I'm not voting for him. Thomas Massey tweeted out, surprises are for little kids at birthday parties, not Congress. So I let Scalise know in person that he doesn't have my vote on the floor because he has not articulated a viable plan for avoiding an omnibus. Um, uh, I want to show, let's see, Lauren Boebert. She said, I will be voting for Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House on the House on the floor when the vote is called. In conference, Jordan received 99 votes and Scalise received 113. We had a chance to unify the party behind closed doors, but the Swamp and K Street lobbyists prevented that. The American people deserve a real change in leadership, not a continuation of the status quo. Let me give you one more here. Chip Roy, a friend of the program, he said, I will not be voting for Steve Scalise on the floor this afternoon. The House GOP should not have called a vote at 3 p.m. after finishing the vote at 1.30 p.m. in conference. That is unacceptable and purposeful. Um, So I want to get your thoughts on this because we were just talking off air. Steve Scalise has, um, well, let me start. Kevin McCarthy has a, I believe, a 54 uh, score, Liberty score on conservative review. And Steve Steve Scalise has a 58. So that is four whole points higher than uh, Kevin McCarthy. Jim Jordan does, by the way, have an A um, on that on that same score. Grant, your thoughts. All right, so let me just say this from the very start. I've always been a Jim Jordan guy, Mm -hmm. and I'm still a Jim Jordan guy. 
and I was asking Jim, please run for speaker when McCarthy was up and he says, I don't want the job, I don't want the job. That tells you a lot about McCarthy's leadership style because as soon as McCarthy is out, Jim Jordan says, I'm in. Because McCarthy ruled with an iron fist, everybody was scared of repercussions and retaliation for even crossing him in any way, shape, or form. So I do believe either one of these guys is better than McCarthy. It's a small victory yeah. with Scalise. Yeah. It would have been a huge victory with Jim Jordan, but it's still a victory. So don't get caught up, oh, well, we lost, we didn't do this. We, we put the elitists on notice that if you cross us, there's gonna be repercussions. Do we get the best guy if it's Scalise? No, yeah. but it's better than McCarthy. So don't, I just don't want everyone to come squash, oh, this was all for nothing, mm. because that'd be really depressing. I'm so happy that McCarthy's out. Yeah. That, and I it's don't. not, I mean, it's not over, over. This wasn't formal. The question is, will there be eight of those people? So, right. uh, you know, I, I knew Lauren was going to vote like that. I didn't know Chip Roy was going to vote like that. Right, right. Um, so, so uh, will there Marjorie be Taylor Greene said she's not voting for, for Scalise either. So. Well, we, now we start to count them. Right. I don't think they'd bring it to the floor if they didn't have the number they needed. Yeah. I, did, I mean, why would you do that? You right. just look, look right. bad. Well, they did recess, so they haven't brought it to the floor yet. Yeah, so and that was the talk was they were to... going to bring it to the floor. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm I feel like wow, you're like a shining a beacon of positivity. And, and I'm never like I know Mr. I'm like Hazard, you're like right? Mr. Optimism here because I'm looking at this and I'm like oh my god, Matt Gates took all of these bullets and daggers for nothing it's just not to get for nothing. Steve Scalise. Look, McCarthy's gone, yeah. and, and you know what? I'm telling you, the elitist being put on notice is huge. It's huge. What happened there shows that we can win and we really do have an effect. Is it who I wanted? No. Right. But. Jason. What I'm looking for, and I think this is a large amount of the country right now, is that scene from Step Brothers when they walked in their tuxes to that interview, mm -hmm. and they said, we're here to F stuff up. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I do not see that in Scalise. I no, can, I can, I see what, I, I do see what you're saying. It's a valid point that this is, this is, a, this is a step forward. Right. I was just looking for that giant leap yes. ahead, yeah. I guess, where Jordan walks in and says that in a right. tuxedo. You know, of course, you, he wouldn't have the jacket on for the tuxedo, but <laughs> even Jordan no, couldn't not. get that. Not with this Congress. It's filled with elitist ruling class of these career politicians. Even Jordan wouldn't be How able to get that? what you want. Yep. We've got to break that somehow. Keep voting these cycles. We get more and more Baby every steps, cycle. Grant says. Baby steps. Baby steps. Progress is progress. President Trump, they in my it. opinion, in 2024, will really help matters. Yeah. A lot. He gives them cover. You notice when he was in office, they all fight. And as soon as he's out of office, nobody fights anymore. It's <laughs> a great point. It's true. Yeah, that is a great point. I know Kevin McCarthy, I know we got to take a break in a second, but Kevin McCarthy stands there and he's like, well, I mean, who else is going to make bipartisan agreements with the Democrats? I'm like, you think we want you yeah. making bipartisan <laughs> agreements with the Democrats? <laughs> Where have you been living the last two years? It's disgraceful. That's not how they think. Right, right. Um, okay, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. You know, it, it was funny. I was... All right, before we go, I know we're going to spend more time on this, but we ran out of time. So, you know, we heard that Joe Biden had never talked to his family about business dealings. It's just that there's over 29,000 emails that we now know uh, of Joe Biden as vice president <laughs> discussing business dealings with his family. But it's just that it's just the over 29,000, though. Right. So, I mean, it, I mean, it could have been 30,000, but he did cap it at 29,000. Yes, 000. but he was never in business. R oh, right. Now. That's the new it's one. That's the new one. Well, of Who's course. Who's the big guy? 
Mm, mm. Who got that 10? Well, who's the big guy that got that 10%, Jason? Dude, it, it, don't, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. There's all this evidence, even though they claim there's not. But it doesn't matter. Like, no, nothing no. is going to happen to them. They are truly too big to fail, and they're going to continue to do this. No, they're failing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not personally fail as a family, in, but fail as in failing like, us. Like, Leavenworth cell. Yes. You know, right. something like right. that. It's right, right. It's just so depressing, man. It's just Grant, me. do you think that if Trump gets back in office, obviously he's got to be out for blood at that point. I mean, not, not literally, but you know what I mean. Um... Does he does he try to push Joe Biden to receive criminal you consequences? Remember, he said, "I am your retribution." Mm -hmm. One of the most famous lines I ever remember. Um, I don't know if he does. You know, he said he was going to go after Hillary, he said, and Lock I think he up. spared he spared Hillary because that's the kind of guy he is. He had no idea they were going to come. Yeah. He underestimated just how ruthless and devious these Democrats are. Now he knows. I hope he goes after him when he gets in. Be our retribution. Yeah, um, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.